Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. Today's show, Ruckus Maker, is a bit different than other shows. And I could tell you a story. And the story, I guess, briefly, is I am coaching a ruckus maker named Caleb Bonjour today. And he is a phenomenal leader. And he has some interest in paying it forward to coach other school leaders, uh, to speak more in conferences and that sort of thing. Uh, but most importantly, to get a book out. He thinks he has a book inside him, and I think we all do. And so we chat about that. So it's a bit of a break than a normal talk in terms of school and leadership, but there's still many golden nuggets that are there for you, despite whatever context you find yourself leading in. So for the ruckus makers listening that are very interested in speaking and getting out a book, you'll get tons of value from this show. But even if you are a school leader that has no interest in a book, you can apply what we talk about today if you have interest in getting a blog out. And if your interest is just purely on leadership, you're still going to get a ton of value because it's about uh, productivity. We talk about focus. We talk about ideal week. We talk about how to absolutely deliver value to the minimum viable audience. Because guess what? You can't please everyone. So stop trying. So I think you'll uh, enjoy this. The last thing I want to say before we get into the episode, I want to highlight my coaching skills and highlight that we do work with leaders one-on-one. And so if you would like a very personalized, intimate, coaching experience with either myself or Dr. Kelly Crane, just send us an email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com, and we will get to know you a bit better and figure out if a coaching relationship is what you want. Actually, the last thing I do want to say, since Caleb wanted to know a lot about books, this was more almost like consulting than it was coaching. My coach approach Kelly's coach approach is asking a lot of questions and letting the leader have the epiphanies and the ownership over what direction she wants to move. But since Caleb really wanted to know what is the process, what does it take to get a book out, I was really more consulting in this one and giving him a roadmap of how to make it happen. So Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to take some time to thank our show sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, a program designed to develop your students' executive function and non-cognitive skills. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. In the Mastermind, we believe that questions are better than answers and that there's power in connecting with other elite performers. Kevin, a principal in Tunisia, had this to say about his Mastermind experience. I feel more connected to the everyday changes in education. In addition to being more informed, I feel empowered to bring new educational ideas and strategies to my team at my school. 
We'd love to serve you in the mastermind and welcome your application. Enroll today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Here we are with Dr. Kelly Crane, expert coach at BLBS with another tip of the week. Danny, today we're going to talk about not taking yourself too seriously. (laughs) It's your favorite thing. It's rule number six. And if you join the mastermind, you can learn about rule number six in more depth. But humans are imperfect beings, so we do make mistakes. Sometimes we trip. We might spill our coffee on ourselves. We may have... Uh, stains on our tie from lunch. I know you've been there and everybody has an extra in their closet. Don't say you don't. So you need to laugh at yourself. You need to tell people those stories. They're funny. They are hilarious sometimes. And it's really awesome when you don't have the tie in your closet. Uh, So people are turned off by those who don't take themselves too seriously. So you need to loosen up. Yeah, loosen up. You take yourself too seriously. You're just no fun to be around. And uh, yeah, we'll leave the longer rule number six story for those that join the mastermind, but it's a good one. It's worth the price of admission alone. That is right. I love rule number six. So you really need to look at the mastermind because that's probably really important for you to learn. Well, Caleb, thank you for scheduling this time, uh, as I mentioned in in the pre-chat. And what is on your mind? Oh, so much is on my mind. I'm getting ready for the, for the new upcoming school year uh, right now. So we're planning uh, PD, uh, all that kind of stuff, getting ready for new staff to roll in next week. Um, so I've been really excited about that. But over the summer, I've had a lot of opportunities to, to work on you know, personal growth and, and that kind of stuff. I've been trying to do a lot of reading and books, um, you know, checked out like Hamish Brewer's Relentless, uh, that kind of stuff. And in doing that, I've had some opportunities to reflect and talk with some of my uh, close colleagues and peers. And they've kind of really pushed me to expand and continue to push myself into coaching others, speaking, and then possibly writing a, a book personally and things like that. So that's kind of one going to be one of my next goals going forward throughout the next year, adding to my plate of uh, attending a school to get my doctorates and then also just continuing to lead our awesome building. So... Wow. So lead in the building, uh, potentially pursuing uh, an advanced degree, and then looking for ways to pour into others, whether that's uh, coaching, speaking, writing a book. Did I miss anything? No, that's 100% correct. Okay. That's a lot going on there. (laughs) It is. It is. How do you think you're going to fit all that into your schedule? What does that look like? So right now, I have an incredibly supportive, my wife's absolutely amazing. She's actually a leader as well. She's our middle school principal in the district that I work in too. So we both stay pretty busy constantly and we have two little kids. So time management's huge. So I've really worked to, um, this summer, I've sought out uh, the help of kind of a personal coach, uh, a little bit of a life coach and stuff too. So working on, you know, health-wise, working on my diet, exercise. And then really just developing that schedule. So scheduling out my time. So what my time is going to look like from when I get up in the morning to when I go to bed at night. And just trying to schedule in there different times on different days of the week that I address you know, my schoolwork or my coursework. And then different times that I try to kind of devote to writing or just getting ideas down and journaling and that kind of stuff to pursue that. And then, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're working on right now, at, at least. So it sounds like you've, you've been pretty intentional with your... Uh your calendar, maybe like an ideal week. That's something that I love to to do as well. 
Right. And you married up, so you got a great partner to support you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So it's good. You're thinking about where it all fits in. You didn't mention it, so I'll just ask, but like the ideal week, uh, I heard all the professional goals. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard you mention diet. So I'm guessing that some personals on, on there as well. And Absolutely. Family, you have that on there too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So my uh, son and daughter, my son's a five, so he'll be starting kindergarten. He'll actually be in my building this year. And then my daughter's three and uh, we'll be starting preschool this year. So continue to support them as much as possible and making sure that devote time every night for family. We you know make sure we're eating our meals together, uh, limiting the, as much of the technology use, and just trying to be more present with them. We uh, in the last year also uh, brought in a, a dog that we're training to be a therapy dog. So continue to work with her and uh, work with the family of making sure that we can get her trained with a couple little kids as, as well. So yeah, but really be. And that's something that my wife and I have really talked about as a big importance for our family is putting them as more of a priority. Last year was both our first year as building leaders. Um, the year prior to that, I was a dean of students and she was a teacher librarian. So last year was the first year that we were principals. And that was one of the things that we reflected at over the summer is we need to do a much better job of putting our family first as opposed to getting bogged down by the late night emails and that kind of stuff. So that's where a lot of that planning and scheduling um, talks come into play for the two of us is just to make sure that we can be more present with our family and stuff too, for sure. Gotcha. I know we're uh, doing a coaching call, but since we're recording, this is a podcast. I want to address the the ruckus makers listening mm-hmm. and um, really honor you too, Caleb. And I love how uh, you and your wife identified, you know, making family a priority. And so when you do uh, develop an ideal week, what I tell everybody, put yourself first because you can't pour from an empty cup, then put your family and then, you know, professionally what needs to get done. Because at the end of the day, the school, the district's going to want more and more from you. Right. The to-do list is always growing and probably never will be complete. And, and with that uh, idea in mind, you have to put yourself first and then your family because the school is not. So good for you for, for having those priorities. It sounds to me, Caleb, that you have a pretty good sense, you know, of, of um, like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, your, your calendar and your approach. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how I can uh, best serve you during this time. I'm thinking, you know, maybe you want to explore the, what does it look like to coach or write a book or Mm -hmm. doing that kind of work? Or if there's something else, let me know. No, I definitely would love to hear um, or learn more about just the process of writing a book. I know I I have your book um, and I've seen a lot of other amazing educators take the opportunity to kind of write a book and tell their story or share some of their knowledge and wisdom and uh, two cents. And that's something that you know, I just want to know more and learn more about the process of that for sure. The process. Cool. Yeah. Great. So Better Leaders, Better Schools Roadmap, uh, Ruckus Makers, if you're new to this show, that's available on Amazon. And Caleb, I don't know if you checked out the uh, Audible. I, I think you might have, if I remember correctly, but I'm, that one has tons of bonus content too. So definitely want to check out the audio. So the process is this, Caleb, for me, and this is how it worked. I generated just a gigantic list of topics that I cared about, right? Yep. And they say that too, you know, that you need to 
write a bunch of garbage to get to the gold. You know, that's yeah. a nice way of saying it because I don't want to swear on the podcast. Although I do love to swear. Let me let me go on a tangent. My, uh, my mom, uh, her, her father, so my grandfather, uh, Grandpa Ralph was a, a Navy guy and uh, he lived out cussing like a sailor. Uh-huh. I swear yeah. like the best of them from my mom. So uh, shout out to you, mom. Love you. And so I just love this. I love to swear, but I, I, I never swear on the podcast. Anyways, so the process, write a bunch of garbage to get to the gold. I had an idea of a lot of what I wanted to say. And don't get bogged down then about what, you know, is that sentence correct? Am I, you know, the grammar right? All this kind of stuff, organization, because you have somebody else do that. That's not your job. Your job is to create the content. And so you have to find a good team. We can talk about publishers in a second, or if you want to go independent publishing. But either way, you're going to have an editor on the team that can help you organize the thoughts. And then there'll be more work. They'll be rewriting in uh, second, third, fourth journals. And that's okay. So brainstorm first. Then the process looked like this. You know, Are you familiar with the 20-mile march that Jim Collins talks about? No, no. So there were, uh, there were two sort of like exploratory campaigns, I think, to like Antarctica or something. And nobody had crossed it uh, before, I think. And the, the central story is there's, there's two identical campaigns. One, you know, really, really incredibly prepares. The other prepares but relies on things like, you know, technology and tools to get the job done, but not considering what happens if those things fail, right? And the long story short was the team that had too many toys, too many tools, too many men, okay? All, they had too much of everything. They were almost overprepared in a sense. They failed, okay? When the weather was good, they went super far. When the weather was bad, they just stayed intense, okay? And their team ended up dying, they never even finished the race. And for a while, they were beating the other team. Okay. The other team won because here's what they did they brought only what they needed. They learned from people that live, you know, uh, indigenous to very cold climates. And so they got the right kind of dogs. They brought the right kind of meat. You know, they just they prepared, yeah. but they prepared in a bare bones, like minimalist fashion. And they committed the 20 miles. And this is, this is, the point that you need to get out, Caleb and Ruckus Makers. They committed the 20 miles per day. So whether the weather was good or if it was bad, they always marched ahead 20 miles. And so even though that other team was beating them for the longest, they ended up catching them, passing them, hitting the point where they needed to and turning around while the other team got lost and died, right? So the idea of the 20-mile march is what is that for you? So for me, I wanted to sit down and write for just an hour. And if it was flowing, it was flowing. And if it was um, you know, garbage and I only wrote a sentence and stared at my screen, then I did that for an hour. And I didn't go on Twitter and I didn't go on email and I didn't work on other creative projects. That was an hour blocked for writing. So it was either writing or pretending I was writing. Okay. Now as I'm maturing in the process, I'm going to put actual word goals. So maybe it's a thousand words, maybe it's 2000 per day, whatever, because I think that'll push me to be even more productive. With all that said, so my 20 mile march was 
one hour per day, every day for uh, a quarter, for three months, for 12 weeks. And within three months, I wrote 47,000 words and my first draft was done. So I brainstormed the whole list and I just started knocking out those topics. I didn't feel like I jumped around writing what I wanted to write. You know, uh, it didn't have to be in some sort of chronological order. Uh, and I did it for an hour every day. And I measured, I measured my effort. So if I wrote for the hour, I was one for one, right? Mm-hmm. If I right. didn't, I was zero for one and I would score myself every week. And I wanted to score higher than 80% execution every single week on that goal. And that's sort of my productivity um, system that, that helps me really get a lot of stuff done. I love it. Awesome. That's great. So it's a bit harder for book number two. I have one that's like the roadmap that's going to be more nonfiction and very practical. And then there's a, another book that I'm writing that's um, more of a narrative, a fable, or a fictional tale. And uh, that one's more of a risk and scary and experimental for me, but more where my heart is in a, a creative project that I want to pursue. So I'm, I'm figuring out what that looks like and why I'm going towards a word goal. Because I could see myself staring at my screen for an hour every single day and writing just 10 words. Because you're like, ah, what happens in the plot? What is the dialogue? How do I develop this character? And within that, as an as a artist, as a creative person in general, you have to be able to hit pause and silence the imposter syndrome and the lizard brain. And part of doing that is just acknowledging it exists. It exists in me. It exists in my mentors and heroes, people that are so wildly successful, way more successful than me. They too struggle with the imposter syndrome, with that voice that says you're a fraud or your writing sucks or nobody's going to buy this book. But what sets uh, successful people apart from, from others, even though we all have that inner critic, is that you act as a professional, that you show up every day and that you do the work and that you ship. So even though you have a voice that says, you know, your book's gonna suck and no one's gonna buy it, you still write it, right? So that's that's kind of fun. And that's how you silence that imposter syndrome. Absolutely. It's great advice. Yeah, I'm just soaking all this up. That's great. I can definitely see myself setting that that goal of trying to write every day. I think that's something that I absolutely will put into effect. And I'm excited. So the topic that I've kind of, I've done the brainstorming. I I had a lot of different ideas, really tried to look, really, I tried to think about what I was most passionate about. And I think that was another one of the things that I thought about trying to, you know, hash out today is if I've got into like consulting or something like that, where where would my passions take me? Because I I feel the, the interesting thing for me is I'm totally an ADD guy where I like topics just constantly bounce in my head and I get incredibly passionate about every single one of them, get hyper-focused on them. So um, like when we're doing stuff at school with trauma-informed care and ACEs and that kind of stuff, like I'm hundred percent all about it. I'm like, okay, I want to go out and I want to talk about this and spread that word. And then I'll go to a conference and it's about leadership and I'm like, okay, now I want to go out and I want to do that. So it's, it's been tough for me to sometimes hammer down exactly what that is. So that's again, through the brainstorming process, I've really tried to work through that. And I think just leadership overall has been one of my big things that I keep going back to. So I started thinking about what I could write about that then I could also turn into lessons for my kids. And my my personal kids absolutely love animals. My son geeks out on animals constantly. And it is actually through inspiration with a, a 
one of my teachers in our building shared this meme. I don't know if you've seen the meme with the shark about like, do sharks complain about Mondays? And they're like, no, they, um, <laughs> no. No, they are they're out there, you know, chasing stuff, biting stuff, reminding everybody they're a shark. I'm like, you know, that's an amazing idea that if we approached every day to our life like that, like we approached when we were a teacher, that we're just reminding everybody that we're a teacher. We're out there doing our jobs, showing up for kids, doing everything that belongs or that means like that would be awesome. So then I'm like, okay, so sharks do that. What other animals can we learn like leadership things through? So I started doing a lot of research on like lions, rhinos, geese, all that kind of like any types of animals that we could draw some leadership facets from. And that's kind of the, the idea that I've started down. Like I got around right now. I've kind of got a chapter done just to see if I could get enough stuff put together for it. That was kind of, I'm really excited about that so far. So I like the idea of committing and setting the time aside for that to just be focused and to continue to think about different ideas of different animals I could use that I could draw leadership lessons from and tie it back. And then from that, you know, be able to drop some of those chapters or add new, more content and things like that. So I absolutely love it. That's great. So a couple connections I have for you. One would be, you know, that, that will resonate with people, you know, you have this sort of like, it resonates with kids and maybe they'd want to share that with them. Uh, and that'll be a specific group, right? That are open to the idea yeah. of using animals mm-hmm. to teach leadership, uh, that it's symbolic or whatever. And they'll enjoy that. One thing you're going to have to be okay with is the idea that the book and this idea, and if you go the animal route is not for everyone, but for, right. the, for the people that it is for, they're really going to like it. So just focus on on serving them. Right. Um, so that's that's one cool connection there. A second is uh, within the mastermind, we developed our own logos, and it was through the community. We voted on it and talked about it. What we arrived on was an elephant and a wolf. Awesome. Yeah. And so the elephant, and this is what I shared with the mastermind. Here's why we picked it. The elephant is a symbol of power, dignity, intelligence, and peace with a great memory. The social network is usually extremely big. And they have very large, complex brains. Elephants have a close and enduring cooperative social relationship between individuals and families within their multi-tiered society, which is rare in the animal kingdom. And then we picked wolf as well uh, because it's a symbol of courage, strength, and drive for the victory. Wolves develop close relationships and strong social bonds. They are complex, highly intelligent animals who are caring playful, and devoted to family. Wolves also care about each other as individuals. They also communicate, collaborate, and share knowledge across generations. So, you know, one, I connect with what you're doing. That's, that's pretty cool. And I think that's just, you know, it's, it's a fun way to explore and represent, you know, what, what you're all about. I know the listeners won't be able to see this, but I want to find my logos and I can share my screen with you. And so you can, you can see these, but it's pretty cool. I hired a friend from the Alt MBA to design this and there they are right there. Awesome. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to have that on the website. We're going to develop, um, you know, t-shirts, that sort of thing. I wonder if I want to tell people about this. Sure. So if you're in the mastermind, you get this. Oh, sweet. And the only way to get it is in the mastermind. And Ruckus Makers, I'm, I'm showing Caleb um, a coin. I had this design, you know, like a military challenge coin. Yeah. And uh, on one side, you can see is the wolf. On the other side is the elephant. 
That's awesome. And then around the coin, it talks about better leaders, better schools in our five core values. Lead like Madiba, take the leap, whole hearts and whole selves, rule number six, and keep making a ruckus. So that's just one way you know, that you, you plant a seed of an idea and really flush it out and make it really important. So then mastermind members carry this around in their pocket. And it's a tactile, physical reminder that they're not leading alone. You know, they're not in isolation. They have a powerful network of school leaders around the world that they can connect to at any time. So that's how that's what it looks like and lives like through better leaders and then the the mastermind community specifically. That's awesome. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder is an evidence-based RTI tier 1 universal level solution and focuses on improving executive functioning and non-cognitive skills. You can learn more and improve your student success at organizedbinder.com. See, I don't think I don't have too much more as far as questions and stuff go. I think that that gave gave me some great ideas of where to start. I guess okay, so once I get kind of more ideas put together and stuff, how pitching that, working with a publisher, independent publishing, what's that what's that look like? Cuz that would all be foreign to me as well. Yeah. So I love that you I forgot the other connection uh that you have a chapter, right? So uh pitching it and getting it to a publisher they're going to want to see. So if you go with a more formal publisher, they'll most likely want something that's very similar. It's going to be a bit different based on the company. But okay. essentially, what's your bio, which is talking about your accomplishments. And they want to know, like, what is your reach so far, right? So social media following would be something you would share. You know, my, my thing, obviously, I have this podcast, which is an incredible platform. And through consistently shipping valuable content since 2015, I've built a lot of trust and a lot of great relationships. So publishers are recognizing that and they're contacting me unsolicited. Yeah. Because here's the thing, they want to sell books and they want to know, does anybody know about you? Does anybody care about your work, et cetera? So I'm very thankful for the ruckus makers that listen because I can say there are thousands, like tens of thousands that listen, right. you know, and that's pretty cool. So social media, if you have a podcast, if you have a website, how much traffic. So that's, are you speaking? You know, are you doing any conferences? So for you, Caleb, any, any budding authors, ruckus makers that are listening, go talk for free, you know, because you just put it in the reps. Uh, you'll get better as a presenter. And then you'll be able to tell if you're interested. You know, first, if you want to speak, it's good practice. And if you want to become an author, then you'll say, well, I've spoken at X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Abstract. They're going to want to know what's the book about, right? So uh, probably like a 250-word sort of summary. Um, They're going to want to know, like you're fleshed out a bit, table of contents. So essentially, what are all your chapters and what are they going to be about? They might want a sample chapter, and that's why I was telling you um, that's cool that you already wrote one because uh, you'll have that. They might ask about like quote unquote competition, so who's in a similar space and what are they writing about because they'll want to evaluate where this fits into the marketplace in terms of serving school leaders or whoever your target audience is. So that that generally, in terms of pitching to a publisher, will be how it goes. Okay. 
one way of going about it is if you if you build a platform like I have with better leaders in the podcast, they'll come to you. That doesn't mean that you won't get signed. And so every every place, whether that's ASCD, if it's uh, Jossie Base, if it's Rutledge, if it's uh, you know Times Ten Publishing, Dave and Shelley Burgess, and everybody in between that I forgot, they probably most likely have a page where you can submit. Right, like here's my name, here's my idea. Obviously, it's better if they come to you because uh, they already think that there's something there. But you can get signed by just, and I encourage you to reach out. Self-publishing is a bit of a different animal. Theoretically, you can do it all yourself, right? Right. But that's a, to me, that's my opinion, a stupid approach because it, you probably don't have the time, right? Or necessarily the expertise, even though it's not that hard and you can learn it. So very real, very real numbers. It cost me, I think, I think it was about $4,000 to make the roadmap. And I decided to go self-publishing and I was talking to publishing companies and um, I decided not to go with them for a couple of reasons. One, it takes a slower amount of time. And I already had the whole book first draft written and I wanted it out by the summer. So when I was talking to people in the fall and it would take a year to two years from the draft to actual on shelves, that wasn't okay with me. I wanted more, you get more creative control if you're self you know, if you're working with a company, they have a brand and a, a format and a style in a, you know, like an image that they're trying to up. So you have to fit into that as opposed to this is just me and my voice, right? So the speed, the creative aspect of it. And I think yeah, that was pretty much that was pretty much it. One publisher, not all of them do this, and I won't I won't uh, share which publisher this was, but I had to buy X amount of books, and the cost of that I could afford, right? Even if it was like it was a lot of books, a few thousand. Okay, I'm wondering. I don't know if that's gaming the system a bit, or you know, to bump up sales. I I, I don't know. The reason why I wasn't okay with that at the time was because, uh, well, I lived in uh, Belgium. I didn't feel good. My mom already has my comic books, right? It's a month. So what am I going to ship her? Like 5,000 books? I didn't do that. So <laughs> that was plus the speed and the creative control. I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll just do this first one by myself. The second book I'm very interested in, in definitely signing with somebody. And uh, you might get a, you get a team that's very polished. They've been doing it for a while. It might open. I know it'll open doors that normally wouldn't be open for me, and I don't want to put any publishers above others. So some obviously have like conferences and those type of networks and connections, which would be very good for me serving school leaders like you and the ruckus makers listening. So I'm I'm very interested, you know, in signing with somebody this second time around. So self publishing, you're gonna spend, you know, you could spend up to that, you know, four thousand bucks or so, and what that bought me was a really world-class editor that actually some of these publishers I'm talking about use her. Okay. And just shout out, her name's Jennifer Harshman. So her company is Harshman Services and just any ruckus maker listening, you know, you could check her out if you need an editor and she was wonderful to work with. And then I hired somebody to do the book design, the interior design and upload onto Amazon, right? So I didn't have to think through any of that. I just had to create the content and then revise it based on Jennifer's submissions and give the give the book guy, you know, feedback as well. Okay. I think that definitely gives me some ground to start running on and start looking at things. Yeah. 
What do you think the next smallest step for you is then? I think big thing for me is going to be continuing to network and, and try to get out there and do some, like you said, promote myself through doing some free speaking and things like that um, at some different conferences. I've already, and just continue to expand that network of working with other professionals and things like that, that are pushing the envelope and doing some of those things, um, continue to connect through Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stuff, and, and keep doing that. And then just slowly continue to chip away at continuing to develop content for the book and, and writing and research and stuff for that. I think that's been a really fun piece. Like I said, I, I started, I just wanted to see if I could even do it. <laughs> so I started uh, probably about two weeks ago, just doing some research and kind of tried tried to come up with a format that I felt would work for me. So that's been a lot of fun, you know, just learning about that. And then I get to share some of those facts and stuff with my kids, which has been a blast. So it's that other way to, you know, just keep motivated with it and keep going there. So continue to chip away at that, whether it's research or actually sitting down and writing for the book and stuff too. So uh, in case you're, you want to go with my book design guy, um, his name is James Woosley, W-O-O-S-L-E-Y. And he, his company is called Free Agent Press. That's at freeagentpress.com. Is there anything else I could do to be of service to you today? No, I think that that helps out a lot. I, I completely appreciate it. Like I said, um, you know, I, I definitely want to thank you just overall for the content that you provide um, across the board. I would say so. Th- this would be my. I'll be going into my ninth year in education now. My dad was an elementary principal, so growing up, I knew I wanted to get into education. Once I became a teacher, I'm like, okay, now I know I want to be a principal. And so, really, after teaching for a year, I started my master's program, and it would have been um, right about the middle of my master's program. I found your podcast and started listening to it. It was funny because that summer I was helping my dad do some remodel stuff at his house, so I had about a two-hour drive every day. So it'd be an episode there, episode back. And I mean, that's it, that content helped me immensely, whether it was going into interviews or anything like that, just continue to constantly build. So I was very, very adamant. I listened religiously <laughs> for about a year and a half. And then, of course, life continues to get the way once I became a leader and all that. So I just love continue to, you know, occasionally hop back on, listen to two or three episodes here and there. And continue to do that, whether, yeah. So I just want to thank you definitely for the content that you provide. And, you know, that's, it's leaders like you, Hamish, and some of the other guys out there that are kind of, you know, and gals that are blazing the the trail for, to raise ruckus and, and that kind of stuff that um, definitely keep me motivated to want to continue to pursue and do some awesome things. Fabulous. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thanks. Uh, you didn't have to say all that. So I really appreciate it. Definitely uh, fills my cup. And, um, you know, those kind of comments or having the opportunity to uh, sit with you today and help you through some stuff, you know, that just that that gives me so much, right? Makes me want to continue. So I just, uh, I really appreciate you setting this up. No, thank you very, very much. So. All right. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag 
BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.